some sort of loud verbal display challenging ET in general out oh, in the yeah. middle of nowhere? That's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really kicked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. Louisiana man named Montaldo. Folks around called him Six Gun Joe. Worked with Icar, don't you know? Investigating UFOs. Out for a drive with a gal one night. They stopped to check out the reporting site. When an alien lit right there on the ground, commenced to throw in his weight around. Now, old Six Gun didn't take too kindly to that kind of thing. Especially without Vaseline or anything like that, you know. Seriously. Well, Six Gun looked that critter right in the eye and said, any last wish before you die? Yo, reached for his gun, quick as a twitch, and said, fill your claw, you son of a bitch. Now, a legend spread across the land about this pistol-waving man. But if you're from space or from Earth below, you don't give no lip to Six-Gun Joe. Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover, with your host, Joe Montaldo. Well, hello, everyone. I hope everyone's having a great Wednesday morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are on our big, beautiful blue planet. You know, it's been an interesting week, lots of stuff going on. Uh, you know, ufology is kind of funny to me because, you know, we're kind of stuck in ufology. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, we really do investigate, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, we really do investigate, you know, alien contact or, or supposable alien contact or visitation or things along those lines that that's really what we visit these days um as far as chasing ufos it's fun i mean i'm not gonna lie you know we we've always had fun chasing ufos around and, and seeing what we can find and we've been very fortunate and very lucky in uh, some of the places we've been or some of the things we've seen uh, up close and personal some kind of scary stuff as well it's um it's it's just crazy uh the amount of stuff that we've seen over the years. And actually, some of it's quite a bit on the scary side, too, because, you know, when you're standing next to a military base and you see this thing swooping down, and 
you're not 100 percent sure is it government is it alien is it something else and of course that brings us to what the topic's going to be tonight um what are the aliens doing here why earth what, what is it that they're looking for why did they pick this planet or is this the only planet they're doing it may not be the only planet they're doing this may be something that's being done on a lot of planets and we're just not aware of it well in some aspects like the black eyed children that's that's a good one to start with so we get a lot of emails about the black eyed children and depending on what you believe or where you are in the grand scheme to the paranormal there's a lot of things black eyed children could be a lot of things it could be um for us it's a little bit different uh, about so what is this 2022 so around 1999 uh 2000 uh we had started an investigation into the black eyed children and we had noticed that we kept running across people seeing them on board the ships. So not really paranormal if it's on board a spacecraft. So what we came to find out over the years is they seem to be like us. In other words, along the technological level, spiritual level, stuff like that, they're around where humans are. Uh, it's one of the reasons they get to come hang out with them. Uh, some of those are keepers just like the humans here are keepers. Uh, some of those are keepers and they're working with the programs. Um, and they are a lot like us. And, you know, they even look a lot like us, except for the big black eyes, uh, which I have no one's really asked them why their eyes are black. Or maybe someone has, and they just hasn't said the answer. But uh, they tend to be um, just like us in a lot of ways. Uh, they seem to be along the same abduction patterns that we are, the same evolution areas that we are, the same technology we are. They just, they're just right along the same line as we are just really different colored eyes and you know we don't really know much about their religious status or things like that and i know a lot of people do think that they're demons or or ghosties or something else along those lines it's just we've had a lot of contactees over the years who have told us what they've seen with these black-eyed people on board the ships and they communicate like we do they just they really seem to be us just another planet that's being visited, another planet that's being screwed with, um, that they're messing with. And since keepers are allowed to work with them and other people on board the ships, I imagine their keepers are also allowed to do the same thing. So they crisscross over. And since we are along the same evolutionary patterns and the same technologies uh, and probably even the same spiritual areas, they don't seem to have a problem with us crossing over uh, or talking with each other, hanging out with each other, things along those lines. Especially on board the ships, it's, it's almost like it's it's they want us to. Uh, I guess it's a way for us to meet other aliens that are in the same situations that we are. Um, and along the same technological and evolutionary levels that we are. Which it's interesting for us because it's not really giving us any advanced technology or anything or helping us along those lines. Uh, but it is helping us to realize there is life in the universe. Uh, we can talk with it. We can interact with it. We can be part of it. As far as the greys, reptilians, and humans, I mean, they're just way more advanced than we are. We'll be there ourselves. Well, in, in some ways, we already are. I mean, if we were out in deep space and we were finding planets like this one was 6,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago or 25,000 years ago, uh, we would be what we consider these things to be. We'd be deities and things along those lines. There'd really be no other way to look at us but in those, those attributes. I mean, there's just no other way to look at us because there's no context. Um, Somebody 6,000 years ago, if, if even if we were to travel back 6,000 years, there wouldn't be no else way to look at us. If you brought any advanced technology with you, of course they would think you were gods. Just think if you had a machine gun. Uh, 
and you showed up at a war site and killed everybody. Just or a tank, or you, just your big lighter alone, flick. Oh my God, flick instant fire. I mean, it's just so many things, uh, ways to cure people. I, I, it's just, it's just they would know really have no other way to think of us. Well, like a, like a sub deity. Uh, it's not quite a god, yeah, because you know we do bleed, so that would be an issue for them. Yeah, it's it's one step below, but way above them. And they really wouldn't have any other way. But you know the way, know the context to look at us, but that way. Um, when 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 whoever showed up ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty five thousand, thirty five thousand years ago, there was just no other way to look at us but gods. And I imagine whoever was interacting with the, with the Egyptians and you know some of the first, the Sumerians and stuff like that, the Mayans, Aztecs, whoever was it was hanging out with them. Uh, we're really trying to bring them along on a technological level, but for some reason, I don't know, I guess the politics of being human got in the way. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, really, it's what it is. It's the politics of being human that got in the way. Well, so you're cruising along, and you see this planet. This planet would be interesting if that's how they found this, but I don't think it's how they found this. Um, I really do believe a long, long, long time ago, 60, 70 million years ago, 80 million years ago, the reptilians lived here. I think it was just another colony. There's a lot of people want to say it was their home world. I haven't seen anything that suggests that. Um, I, I have seen things that suggest maybe it might have been some type of colony. Well, I would have thought if it was a, their home world, there would have been more stuff established. So even after the great asteroid collision, uh, there would have still been remnants of their populations here and there. We just haven't found them. So I'm assuming that's it, what it wasn't what it was. And when people ask the reptilians about it, they basically allude to a large colony, you know, maybe several million, several hundred thousand. But most of them left when they found that the asteroid was coming. They didn't have the technology at the time uh, to move it, to get it out the way. So they left. So, well, not everybody left, but most of them. Some of them went deep underground, but most of the people left. And went home. You know, home's not the Draco system. Draco is just another colony for them. Well, they were, they've been colonizing, you know, they're half a billion years old. They've been colonizing for a long time. Some people say how 750 million years. I don't know. 500 million is a long time to be alive. The Greys are supposedly well over a billion years, billion and a half, maybe closer to two. Um, well, somebody said, well, that's a long time. It's impossible. The universe is 14 billion years old that we know of. It's 14 billion years old. 14 billion. Uh, two doesn't seem that far-fetched for a race that came along in the beginning and had all that time to develop the technology. Eventually, we'll develop technology and make us pretty much immortal. Uh, disease won't kill us anymore, things like that. We won't grow old anymore. We'll eventually get to that level. We're well on our way to getting that level. And so that's that's technologies that will eventually, you know, for us, the things that are going to show us is is a globalization of our planet. Really trying to get into deep space uh, the way we are today. We can do it because of people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and others that are out there. We can actually do it. We can get into deep space. But that's not a world. That's just individuals. You know, so Elon's going to go to Mars and establish the Twitter colony. And, um, you know, is he going to be like the guy from uh, from the James Bond movie that built the colony in space with all the perfect people? Uh, 
Yeah, well, it just scares me a little bit because we don't really know what Elon really is. I mean, I like Elon. I mean, he, I think he's a great guy. I got a man crushing Elon, but still, you know, when he goes to Mars and he builds these colonies and he brings all these people in, he has millions of people there. What is he going to think about Earth? Is he going to think he's better than Earth? It's just, you know, when you look at sci-fi movies today, almost all sci-fi movies have the Martian colony breaking away from Earth. Will Elon do that? Because it looks like it doesn't look like Earth is going to be the one to establish a colony. It looks like he is. It looks like he's going to do it first. Uh, you know, it's weird. So you're looking at Elon Musk, who's a billionaire. Okay. But the Russians and the Chinese and the Americans have far more money than he does, but yet we can't even seem to get what he's getting done. I mean, he's launching rockets every day, bringing them back and landing them. It's ridiculous. He's putting satellites all up in space. He's, he's opening up communication around the world in a way it's never been before. He's a revolutionary in a lot of ways in, in the way he's changing our world. But will he be the guy when he goes to, to Mars? Will he be the guy? You know, will he be the guy who's there to save us? Or will he be the guy to be the dictator? Will he be the next Hitler or something? Well, Hitler didn't start out the way he was, people. He wasn't walking around doing experiments on people. I mean, he was working in a post office for damn sakes. Um, I'm sorry, wrong guy. <laughs> Einstein, wrong guy. Um, sorry, you're another carried away there. But regardless, he wasn't that guy when he started out. Hitler wasn't that guy when he started out. Stalin wasn't that guy when he started out. I mean, these these guys don't start out this way. They just end up that way. Well, I don't know about Papa Doc. He was a little bit sick from the get-go. But um, still, will he be that guy? So, you know, I get I got a couple of phone calls and a couple of emails last week about, is Elon Musk an abductee or a contact gate? He does exhibit... Uh, some of the characteristics, but I don't know because he's never talked about it. And, uh, you know, he's he's pretty secretive about most of his life. And, and like I said, he does exhibit some of the characteristics, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. A lot of people exhibit some of the characteristics. doesn't make them an abductee or contact. It makes them possibly one, but for it doesn't. Does anybody know Elon Musk's blood type? Ooh, we'll have to find out, won't we? Damn fire. Halloween's over, people. We done moved on now. We done got past Halloween. We move into Thanksgiving and on to Christmas. Unless you're Canadian, then you've already had Thanksgiving. But for the rest of us in this country, we're moving on to Thanksgiving and then to Christmas. But what is it that makes humans so delectably delicious for aliens? Why is it that they come here? Why do they want to take Joe Blow on the side of the street? Or Whitley Strieber? Or any of these people? Or Travis Walton, why why they didn't want to take this? It was Karina Sables. I mean, what is it that makes them, you know, Betty, well, not Betty Hill, but Barney Hill. Uh, what is it? What was it about these people that they wanted to take? They don't have anything in common other than maybe, you know, way back in the past, their parents might have got abducted together. No, really, what is it that ties them together? Typical blood type, maybe. Typical education, doubtful. Typical job, doubtful. What What is it that all the contactees we just mentioned, what did it have in, in common? The only thing I can think of is way back in the day, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000, 200,000 years ago, whatever the hell it was, 
uh, they were abducted. They were their families were in the beginning, and they're being taken today. I, I, to me, there's no such thing as a first time abductee or someone who's been taken for the shits and giggles. I mean, oh, you know, Bobby was walking down the street and zapped and put him back. That doesn't happen. That's bullshit. Um, aliens abduct in family lines. That's what they abduct in. Well, family lines are an interesting thing because if you go back just 10,000 years and Jane had 10 kids and then each one of them, she had five girls and each one of those five girls had 10 kids and they all had five girls and so forth and so forth and so forth and so forth. That's, that's somewhere around 25 million today. That's been in touch through that family. Uh, the very least, it's twenty five hundred. Could be twenty five thousand. More than likely, it's somewhere around the two hundred fifty thousand. But still, so today, every time one of those females has a baby or one of those males creates a baby, that extends the family line. So the more of them you have, the faster it grows. So that's what really happened. So in the early days, there was a handful of them, and then after about a thousand years, there were a few thousand of them. Then after 10,000 years, there were a few million of them. After 50, 30,000 years, there's, you know, 1.5 billion of them. That's going by 15% of the world's population are abductees. Um, you know, it's funny about that because I've never heard a ufologist argue about it. They all agree between 10 and 15%. The only time it ever got hectic was when Alfred Weber Live on air decided to figure out what 15% of the world's population, which was back then 1.5 billion people. Mm. I still get emails. That, that, that is actually still on the web even today. You can still go find that even on the web. Uh, even the archives up there. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous the amount of people who listen to that archive. It's well over 10 million now. And uh, it's, just, it's just amazing how many people listen to it. Well, it was a good, it was a good show. And it was a true number, but people get taken away by those numbers. Okay, so there's 8 billion people on the planet. 1.5 billion of them being taken. No, that's not really true. So 1.5 billion have been taken. So at any any given time. So what's happened is <clears throat> if some of these people are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and most of them are not being taken anymore. There may still be a few of them that are working as keepers or communicators that are being taken, but out of the 100% that were being taken, it's only about 5% of those are actually still being taken. And it changes throughout age groups and sexes and stuff like that. So more than likely, if you're being taken a lot, you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s. That's when they tend to take you the most. After that, uh, really after the 30s, the 40s, 50s, and 60s are up generally for keepers and communicators and stuff like that. They just don't, they just, people who are not in those range or have not got on board with the programs, they just don't take anymore. Unless you have children, then they come take your children. But they're still not going to take you. They're just going to come take your children, your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, stuff like that. Because you're no longer useful to them. You don't want to be part of the program. And whatever it is that they were doing with you, they're through. Uh, so, yeah, it does stop. That's what people don't realize. It, the contact does stop. A lot of people have a hard time dealing with that, too. Well, Micah, it doesn't have to stop. Okay? And what I mean by that is if if... If you show them that you want to be part of whatever this is that they've got going on, whatever this this contact is, this alien abduction is, whatever this is, if you show them that you want to be part of the program, then they'll, they'll probably take you till you die. Oh, you mean, will they take any of those people? Okay, that's a good question. So we know they do make host bodies. I mean, we, we know they don't make them for every abductee or contact, but we know they make them for a lot. 
So even if they stop taking you, it's a 50-50 chance when you die, you're still going to get zapped up by their asses anyway. So whatever they have plans on doing with you. You know, whoever just texted out into your name, but um, I, I brought that up before. It's like being cheated. If, if you believe in God and heaven and the aliens come take you, your essence of who you are, death, and store it until they put it into a new body and you're reborn. So are you reborn with a new soul? Or is the same old soul just didn't get to go to heaven? It's just been sitting in limbo uh, and now it's back. But there's no, no, going to the, no crossing over to the other side. It's a tough question to answer. Uh, I would think it would be the latter. I think you'd be screwed. <laughs> I'm just, I think you'd be screwed. And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, you'd just be sitting on a chip somewhere or sitting in a host body in storage somewhere until it's your time. Well, host bodies, the husk bodies actually is what they call them. Uh, they're used for a lot of things. Um, as far as the war thing goes, I have I have personally run across that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just haven't personally run across it. But um, they tend to use them for colonies. You can tell, too. This is what's so interesting about this. You can tell. If you see the bodies, you can tell. Because some of the bodies are heavier and thicker, stocky or short. Some of the bodies are skinny and thinner. Um, I would imagine, like, if you were going to Mars, you wouldn't be a real heavy kind of person. Your legs and arms would probably be longer. Uh, the gravity is one-sixth what it is here, so uh, you could actually jump from floor to floor. You wouldn't need stairs. It wouldn't even be a strenful jump. It'd just be a jump. Uh, you wouldn't even need stairs, or you'd have long arms, long legs, so you just pull or push yourself up. So your body would definitely change into something else. If you were on a heavy, you know, two, three, two, three, four, five, six G planet, yeah, your arms and legs would probably be massive. Uh, you could easily pick up a car like we would pick up a damn Coke can. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, people don't realize that gravity is going to make it a plan effect in what we're going to look like as we go around the universe. Well, just for lack of a better way of saying this, we're going to procreate our way around the universe. Unless something wipes us out, we will, just like we did on Earth. Yeah, it's just Earth. the universe isn't going to be any different. We're going to get out there and every species we meet, we're going to have fun. Well, if we can, you know. That's humans. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just you who humans are. Well, some aliens might have a you know different view of that. And some humans may not like the fact that some humans like procreating with aliens or messing with aliens or even hanging out with aliens. It's just we got a long ways to go as a society. I mean, we get mad when people are hanging out with different races, much less different alien races. Yeah, you know, I got some interesting people I've met over here who get, like I got a friend of mine, he's from, he's from Seoul, South Korea, and he just hates Native Americans. He just, he just, the man, I hate to say he's not racist because with everything else in life, he's not. But when it comes to Native Americans, he's unbelievably racist. He's just unbelievably racist. It's, it's unbelievable. But I got a black friend who cannot stand people from South Korea. I, I asked him if it was a Vietnam thing, maybe his daddy or somebody he knew served in Nam or something. He said, no, I'm fine with Nam. He says, I was, and there's others like that out there. It's just weird. So they're semi-racist, I guess you could call it. So anyway, point is, when we start talking about aliens, how racist are these people going to become? Are you going to be okay with your daughter going out with an alien? 
look, half of y'all aren't okay with your daughter going out with, with, with their own species around the corner, much less with something they don't know about. <laughs> we got a lot to work on. It's a species we got a lot to work on. So getting back to what we originally were talking about, because we should keep getting off track tonight. Why this planet? Because the reptilians were here. The reptilians had already colonized this planet. They left when the asteroid came. So they were on hiatus. Some of them were sleeping. Some of them were back wherever they were, came from. And the humans, I don't know if they stumbled across this planet or if they deliberately came here. Because some people think that Mars, Earth, and uh, Mars, Earth, two of the moon, outer moons, and um, Mars, Earth, and Venus were all colonized at one time. They even think there was a planet between Jupiter and Mars that was also colonized. Uh, and whenever this catastrophe came through, whatever came through, uh, sent asteroids flying all over. It, it sent Venus into, um, well, it, it sent, no, it sent Venus into a, like a, no, not an ice age. It sent it in global warming. Yes. Yeah. It's super hot there. Mars, you could say it probably sent into an ice age. It destroyed the planet in between Jupiter and Venus, whatever it was. And it sent earth back. Uh, into the Ice Age. Actually, it sent us into global warming, then the Ice Age, and then back again. So it was, it was strange for us. But the point is, if there were people on any of these planets, whichever planet started healing first, is they would have sent colonists to, which would have been our planet. Because Venus and Mars are still screwed, and of course the planet in between Mars and Jupiter is dead. Well, that's true, Kirby. When, when I was a kid, I was always told the asteroid field between Mars and Jupiter, was the remnants of a planet that never formed. Okay, I, I was fine with that. And then about 10 years ago, I ran across a European article about some of the metals they found were, could only be compressed like if it was forming in a planet. In other words, the asteroid didn't have enough weight or mass or gravity to compress this stuff to this thing. They've even found coal and diamonds on some of them, which suggests a much higher compression rate than an asteroid would have. Like at one time, it was a planet. So they really do think this is a planet. Now, what's funny about that is, is, you know, Sumerians do believe there was a planet five times the size of Earth. And, and conveniently, the asteroid field would have been about five times the size of Earth. Uh, maybe it was if one in orbit every 3,600 years. And maybe the last time it came through, Jupiter grabbed it destroyed it and sent pieces of it flying all over the place and that's what happened to Mars or it could have just been somebody blew the shit and thing up we just don't know because we weren't here at that time but it does look like that there may have been people in this galaxy before us and there is some evidence of that you mean a black knight satellite uh, you know if I would not have seen a, a satellite picture of the black knight I would not believe it existed I got some friends that work in different different areas in aerospace and uh, I made some pretty good friends actually in the last 40 years in aerospace and, and uh, two of them, two different, two different companies, uh, actually SATCOM companies, um, got me pictures of them and sent them to me. Well, I mean, as long as I don't share them with y'all, I'm not in any trouble. I, I mean, my security clearance keeps me safe and keeps them safe. So as long as I'm not sharing it uh, with anybody, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but uh, they're very interesting. One of them I could share too. One of them was a photo that had been shared on that uh, on the web and then had been scrubbed. But it had been damned off the net, off the web before it had been scrubbed. No, it's there. It's just sitting there in stationary orbit. It's not moving around or anything. It's just sitting there. 
Uh, best they can tell, it's been sitting there for more than 10,000 years. Yeah, I kind of wonder where, how they came up with that estimate myself, but I don't know. Something about the way it was sitting suggested it, or something around it. Was, I have no idea. Uh, they just said it was been there for at least 10,000 years. Again, I have no idea how they came up with that estimate. But we know it's been there for as long as we've had satellites since, the, what, the 50s. We know it's been there that long. Well, for a long time, each of the people who, well, the Russians and Americans each started with their other satellite, and then they realized the technology was far beyond uh, anything we have today. Yeah, even today. It's it's whatever it is. It's, it's, it's pretty big, and it's just sitting there. I guess when we reach a certain level of technology, the damn thing will just open up. Like, humans of Earth, guess what? Uh, we're going to kill you all because you're a threat now. <laughs> Just never know. It could be a berserker. We assume it's there to be nice to us, but we don't know that. We just, that's a big assumption. <laughs> it could be something else. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's there. Uh, whether somebody's trying to make contact with it, whether somebody's trying to board it, I have no idea. They're not going to tell us any of that stuff. We know that we've had missions in space for a long time. We don't know what they were doing. DARPA's flown submissions that are two and three years long. Uh, have no idea what they're testing up there for two and three years. Uh, it's not the way the craft handles. They can test that in a couple of days. Mm. Uh, they're testing something else. They're not going to tell us because we don't have the need to know. And whatever it is, it's it's you know classified and security of the nation type stuff. Mm. I don't know. When you go back and you look, go back 100,000 years and you look at where man was and then you looked where we were just 6,000 years ago. So what's the difference? So for 2 million years, we walked around with sticks and, and sticks and rocks in our hands. And then 6,000 years ago, we became enlightened and started building monuments and advanced geometry, advanced astrology. Astronomy, sorry, not astrology. Out of the blue. Just out of the blue. Now, you could argue that and say it started 10,000 years ago because uh, most people do believe the Sphinx was built 10,000 years ago when there was a rain, when it was raining on the Nile because there's watermarks of the Sphinx, which is probably true. And it's the only time that Leo lines up with the Sphinx is at 10,500 BC. It's 12,500 years ago, actually. So. Yeah, because it's been 2,000 years since Christ. So you, you go back. The only time that, that Leo lines up with the constellation, the, the constellation Leo lines up with the Sphinx is at 12,500 years ago. But it's more than that. Because the Great Pyramids, the at Giza, the three pyramids of Giza, only line up with Orion at 12,500 BC. And it's not just them. Angkor Wads, yes, it only lines up with the constellation. Um, Easter Island only lines up with the Seven Sisters at 12,500 years ago. The Druid um, Stonehenge, I mean, it only lines up with its constellation at 12. So you've got seven monuments on this planet that only line up with the monuments at 12,500 years. Well, first off, most of these monuments, like Angkor, City of Angkor Watts, were built long after 12,500 years. I mean, long after uh, that date. So most of them are, like, I think Angkor is 2,500 years. The Mayan temples are around 3,000 years. Um, the Sumerians and Egyptians around 6,000 years. 
So you really had to understand precession to uh, in order to build this because you had to go backwards. You know, the planet does wobble and it does move. You had to go backwards to figure out where the stars were on this particular date to line up these monuments with these stars. It, it, I would have said it was an accident if it was one or even two, maybe even three, but seven, though. Something's going on here. They're trying to tell us something. They're, they're trying to – something happened 12,500 years ago, and they're trying to remind us of it or warn us of it. It's coming again. Maybe it's Paul Levette's uh, cosmic pulse. I mean, they have proven that it does exist. Uh, maybe it's that. Maybe that's why the aliens are here. Maybe they want to witness when the cosmic pulse arrives and how we deal with it. Yeah, I know, huh? It's, we just don't know because none of us were alive when all this went down. It just does seem that 12,500 years ago seems to be a significant date. It's Well, actually, Brian, we were coming out the Ice Age at that time. Yeah, it's when everything was starting to melt and uh, cities were going underwater that used to be above water, things like that. Well, look, you the two great cities off the coast of India. These were huge cities. They were massive, at least at least 15,000 years old. Some people think it's they're much older. Um, here's cities that shouldn't exist. Remember, Sumerians are supposed to be the first form civilization. What they mean by that is by putting buildings together, writings, languages, mathematics, uh, currency, a civilization, civilization. Really, before then, they didn't exist. Uh, but that's maybe not true. We have recently found stuff off the coast of Cuba and the coast of India suggests that civilization may have started much, well, much further back in our past. So if the Indian cities are correct, uh, somewhere around 15,000 years ago, they were built. Each city housed about 250,000 people. That's a modern city. That's like the city of New Orleans, man, or other decent mid-sized cities in our country. So these, this wasn't a little city. This, this city had to have sewage and all sorts of things to survive. Uh, but yet we never heard any mention of them. There seems to be lots of cities we're finding that are sunk that we've had no mention of. Uh, other than Atlantis, there seems to be quite a few cities that sunk that we had no mention. There seems to be one off the coast of Japan. Every time we go looking, we find another one. I, I, there's probably about 10 or 11 of them right now. And recently, some of them have come out of the water, So, which is confusing to me, too. So remember, the seas are rising. But for some reason, some of the cities that were sunken are coming out the water. Okay, that's confusing. Now, the Mississippi River, I can, I can understand. We've been finding ships in the Mississippi River because it's so low. So no ice melt this year. Uh, record low ice melt means record low water for Mississippi River. Uh, just one of those things that happens, I guess. But somebody said the other day, well, don't ice melt all year round. Where's the rest of that water coming from? Must have, must be, some of it must be coming from the Great Lakes. But still... It's low, and they're finding slave ships and old gambling ships and stuff like that. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this up is you never know what you're going to find underwater. And it seems like there are a lot of cities underwater. So at the height of the Ice Age, humans were expanding all over the planet. Uh, we were crossing the land bridges. And now a lot of people don't think we crossed on those, this land bridge. They think we crossed on the Ice Age before this one. They came to America. Yeah, I don't... We'll get into that on another show, but there's recently been some science that suggests that we didn't come over in this ice age, we came over another ice age, and even some of the South Americans may have came over by boat. So uh, that's that's all stuff we'll we'll do on another show. But still, it's interesting because the more we study, the more we find out how wrong we were in the beginning. Uh, 
And, you know, a lot of people are dogmatic, so they'll get a theory and they'll, they'll stick with it even if it's wrong. Oh, well, it's, 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 you know, they can't prove it wrong, so we're just going to stick with it. Yeah. That's just shame on us. Um, but it does seem like we were wrong about a lot of things. And it does seem like there was a lot of cities that have now sunken. And not shitty cities, advanced cities. If this went off Japan's a city like the ones of India, this was a very advanced, very large city uh, that housed all kind of stuff. So we, we've got to kind of wonder. Now, we know when a volcano, and every now and then we just found another city buried under a volcano. That's the third one or fourth one. It's, uh, it seems to be a lot of stuff that we just were not aware of on our planet. So when we talk about aliens, visitation, it shouldn't be that big of a thing because there's so much other stuff that we're not aware of on our planet. I mean, the Egyptians talk about alien visitation. The Dogon talk about alien visitation. The Sumerians talk about alien civilization. The Mayans, the Aztecs, the Incans. The Toltecs probably do, but we don't have enough information. The Mesoamericans do. The Native Americans do. Uh, I mean, the only ones who really don't is the Europeans. And maybe they were just born and they didn't want to take them or something. But um, the rest of the world seems to talk about pretty much alien visitation. God's coming and taking them and bringing them places. And you know, and then we've had whole populations of cities just disappear. Now, I don't want to say overnight because we don't really know if it was overnight. Some of these may have been due to plagues or lack of food or stuff like that. But what bothers me is, is some of these cities, there's stuff written about them and the reason why they went. And in some of them, there's nothing. There's a couple of Incan cities that just boom. And at different times, it's not like it was a plague because it didn't happen all at the same time. It's like, you know, like COVID, if it would have been something like that, they're sweeping through them, they would have all been getting affected around within, you know, a year or two of each other. Uh, but that's not what this seems like. It's like one's like 100, was 100 years, one's like about 500 years. It's just, it's just weird. And they talk about the aliens quite a lot. They talk about visitation from the heavens uh, and the gods coming down and, and, and walking and living amongst them. And they're not the only ones that talk about that. Uh, so what gets me about this is why were the aliens way back when so eager or so comfortable uh, walking amongst us? And today they're like, screw that. I'm not walking around with these crazy humans. No, Jimmy, Martha likes aliens. Yeah, she don't shoot aliens. She likes aliens. But, um, but why is it really? I mean, what is it? Uh, that, that makes this happen. So we're we're 99.99.995% sure that alien abductions only happen in family lines. And all the research we found points to that. Even if someone thinks they've only been abducted one time, if you take them into deep hypnosis, you'll find out that that's not true. Yeah, that's it's just not. No, I've actually hypnotized a few people who said they were one-time contactees. You mean um, Travis Walton? You know what's interesting about Travis Walton? That two of his buddies say they've been taken. They've been taken for a regular basis. So why wouldn't they take Travis more than once? And it's it's like with Travis. You don't think the aliens didn't know he was on the mountain? Give me a break. I mean, they're way up on top of the mountain. This craft sitting halfway down the mountain, probably running sensors, scanners, everything. Wouldn't matter if they weren't. This was an old raggedy-ass pickup truck that made more noise, squeaking, banging, popping, pinging. Bouncing up down, lights going up, lights coming down, lights going up, lights are coming down as it's coming down the mountain. They knew it was coming. They had no doubt it was coming. It's not the first time I've heard that people wouldn't get out with somebody else that got out the vehicle. 
yeah, you could say it was scared, but it's sometimes it's more than that. It's it's almost like they're being told not to get out. These were loggers. I, I don't I don't really think they were that cowardly. I just don't. I could be wrong, but I, I've I've met Steve Pierce. Uh, I met one of the other guys, Mike, and then um, and I met Travis. But the other two I haven't met, but I've talked to them, and they just don't come off at cowardly rabbit kind of people. They, I could be wrong. Look, I'm not saying that, but um, it just didn't seem like they were that kind of people. I, I would bet money something they wanted Travis. They weren't really interested in the other ones because they weren't contactees. Or if they were, they'd already been taken. There wasn't no need to take them tonight. They just wanted Travis. That's who they were after, and that's who they took. Well, we don't even know for sure if the other ones were taken or not because they could have been taken, dropped back off, and had their memories wiped. Travis' case was a handoff case, which means that the aliens picked him up, but the government put him back. Yeah, so it's a handoff case. You can say it's a CDC, it's an agency like that for sure, though. Uh, but so they've been here a long time and they've been abducted in family lines the whole time. And I like to bring this up because, you know, if you believe in reincarnation, they probably abducted you dozens of times. Even if you don't believe in reincarnation, they know your family line better than you do. They've been in your family line since the beginning. They know your great uncle Bob removed 40 times. And they probably understand why your family is the way your family is. Maybe you should ask them next time they take you. Hey, can you shortcut me on why some of my family members are like this, that, or the other thing? They might be able to help you with that. But they've been, they've been, so they take these family lines and in a way, you could say the genetically engineer. It's it's not so much that they're doing it. It's more like they're passive scanning and allowing your abilities to develop. So the more you're exposed to psychic abilities, the more likely they are to develop. Because just like us, aliens don't believe that everybody has psychic abilities. Only only the really they only believe that the ones that have been taken, the original bunches have the psychic abilities. The rest of y'all are just don't have the abilities. Well, you can go test it for you. So I, I say this all the time. People tell me, oh, no, Joe, everybody's got leading tongue. No, that's bullshit. I'm calling out bullshit, bullshit, just like them damn sheeples. Um, no, I'm serious. This is an easy thing to do. It doesn't take rocket science to figure this out. Go get two cards. Go down to your local grocery store. Go down to your local mall. I tell you what, man, I've gone to the mall a dozen times, more, actually more than that. Uh, every time I go ask them, can I set up a little table right here? I'm going to do a psychic test. They have no problem with it. They're like, sure, go ahead. And we just, when people come in, we got somebody working the door. Would you like to take a psychic? Would you like to find out if you're psychic or not? And it's an easy test. And we have it, we have it set up so that if, if you do get like three or four of them right, then we have something more advanced and we'll pull you off to the side. But most people, if I put a red and a blue card down, they get it wrong more than 50% of the time. It's like flipping a coin. When you flip a coin, heads or tails, heads or tails, heads or tails, it should be 50-50. My ass, most people don't even get it 40-60. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's just, just, And that would be telekinesis anyway because you'd be predicting the future when you're flipping the coin. But the cards are telepathic. Uh, so 
No, it'd be telekinesis. You're predicting the future, which coin is going to land heads or tails. It hasn't happened yet. So you're predicting the future. So that's telekinesis. But tele, a telepath is just sending in information. So this person sitting across from me, there's like five of us. They were all were all thinking at the person. Blue card, blue card. Now, there's a blue and a yellow card. It's 50-50. Blue card, blue, yellow. Are you sure? Blue card, blue card. Left card is blue. Left card is blue. No, right card. I went to right card. It's blue. No, it's yellow. Um, it, and it's an easy test. Yeah, people think you got to get all this fancy-dancy equipment to, to do a telepathic. You don't. A telepathic test is easy. If one is, someone is truly telepathic, they will pick up on those cards easily. They'll be in my head going blue, green, blue, green, blue, green. Oh, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. You won't even have time to flip them over there. We're getting them right so much. But that's not what happens most of the time. Most of the time they get them wrong. You know what? Try it inside your own family, especially if you think your family is very telepathic. Try it inside your own family. Get a deck of cards out. King and queen, king and queen. There you go. Clubs, do, you know, do clubs and hearts or whatever. Yeah, make sure you include that in it. Make it a little bit harder. I mean, come on, king of clubs. Queen of Hearts. I mean, you know, make it easy. I mean, make it a little bit harder, sorry. But it's still, I guarantee you the majority of the time people are going to get it wrong unless you're very telepathic and they are. Now, you got to be a little bit careful sometimes because if someone's very telepathic, they could be sending the information into someone's head. Uh, but usually you know what your staff is so you don't have to worry about it. And that's what's even really sad. Sometimes they're even sending it into their head and they're still getting it wrong. Because a lot of people just don't have telepathic abilities. I, look, I want them to have it. I'm thinking telepathy is the way to change our planet. If everybody can read each other's minds, we're less likely to lie and we're less likely to do stupid shit. We're more likely to act civil to each other. Oh, I know what you were thinking, you sick bastard you bitch you sicko wacko thing you <laughs> we're not going there sorry no we're not going there sorry so when they're looking at us you know they're saying okay we're taking these ape-like creatures that were crossbred between the reptilians and the humans and the greys so in the beginning we were some ape-like creature according to whoever I don't know because the O positives, the O negatives don't share the Reese's gene like the, the RH positive does. So that's a little strange in itself. But regardless, we start out as some subspecies. The human type aliens bred with that, created that subspecies so that it would have a species like itself, but one that could breathe the air and live on the planet. The original Sumerians, uh, the original aliens, the human aliens that came here couldn't breathe our atmosphere. It wasn't the, uh, wasn't the mixture wasn't right. So they used to have to wear these apparatus to go outside. They created it themselves. They reinvented themselves basically so that they didn't need the apparatus. But those people, for some reason, got a little bitchy and moany saying, well, why are we doing all the work while y'all sitting in these white towers and stuff hanging out? So they created what the Sumerians like to call the seven creations of man with, with our ancestor being the last of those creations. The, the human, the first human we would consider human. They were, they were a lot like us, except they didn't. They weren't self-aware in the in the way we're self-aware. They didn't ask questions on why do I exist, uh, why do I have to do this, 
why do I have to listen to these? They just did what they were told. They didn't ask any questions. They, they made the beer. They had the babies. They plowed the fields. They mined the gold. Whatever they were told, they did. And they did it without bitching or moaning or groaning. And then the reptilians came along for some reason, decided to interbreed with them and screwed up everything for the humans because now the new human race were aggressive. Uh, not super aggressive, but they were aggressive. And they, and they wanted to know why they had to do it. Why can't you do it? Why am I doing it? Why am I stuck doing this? Why don't you go do this? I don't want to plow the damn field. You go plow the damn field. Why can't I have some of the gold that I'm plowing up? They started understanding that they had been being used as slaves. They were self-aware now. Uh, and then later, even further down the line, after with that, with that group, it was human, human, alien, and reptilian. Then further down the line, for some reason, the greys decided to get involved and to interject their DNA. So now for the contactees that are alive today, most of them, have a little gray, have a little reptilian, have a little human alien inside them. And they're crossbreeding with each other constantly. I mean, they're having children all over the place. And uh, those children, some are gray, some are humans, but then sometimes a gray contactee will marry a human contactee and they'll have kids and that kid will marry a reptilian contactee and they'll have kids and they'll go back and marry a, a human contactee, a gray contactee. It just goes on and on and on. And you get this jumbled mixed race that no one really can predict what the hell is going to happen to us. And for the most part, I think they're trying to figure it out because I think long term, we can be dangerous to the, the other races. Uh, eventually, we will become like the light beings. We'll become an energy race. They created us, so uh, they gave us the ability to do so. Before that, before them interbreeding with us, we'd have probably peaked out somewhere like where the human aliens are today. But with all three of their DNA in us, well, that's right, Christopher. That's why you can't find any alien DNA because it's it's part of our DNA. But you can find that some reason 30,000 years ago, R.H. Negative showed up on the scene, the baby killer, and nobody knows why. It was needed in today's world. Not back then it wasn't needed. Today's it was needed. It was actually needed from World War II on. It's where the majority of our hemological research comes from. More so than that's where the universal donor comes from. Without RH negative, we wouldn't have all that research and we wouldn't have that universal donor. And we wouldn't have a group of people that don't have monkey in their genes. So my question has always been the same thing. How can the RH positives have 2% Reese's monkey and RH negatives not? They're supposed to have a common ancestry. Right? They're breeding together. So what the hell's going on? Is one form of DNA better than the other? Was the RH negative uh, human point two? Is that what that was? Oh, I'm just asking questions. I don't know. Uh, but is that what it is? Is that was human 2.0? Uh, was RH negative human 2.0? I mean, we don't know. But it does seem to be a different kind of blood and the people who have it seem to be different than the people who have RH positive, definitely a different type of personality. And they've actually documented that now. So you can check it out for yourself. They do have a different type of personality. Um, and their blood is far more useful than the RH positive. And they don't share the common ancestry with a monkey. Why? There's gotta be a reason. I know Bruce has got to be a reason, but we got to take a quick. 
no, no, no. We got we got we got to do a station ID, but we'll be we're only going to be going for like uh, two or three minutes. So, hang on, guys. We'll be right back. listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. to UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover, with your host, Joe Montaldo. Oh, welcome back, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed the first hour. We had to just do a short promo. My little alien came to join us. Uh, she's just vicious. You got everybody's got to have an alien. You know, you got to have your own private alien. Yes, it's it's a baby alien, but watch it. 
it's, it's a sneaky little alien. And Kirby, yeah, we already give away some books in a little while. Uh, no, the lightsaber's getting given away on Michelle's show this week. Yes. Yes, I'll send her over what it's going to look like. Yes. Uh, I think it's uh, Obi-Wan. Kano Is it Obi-Wan? No, it's it's um, it's Ray's. Yeah, it's going to be Ray's lightsaber. I think it's yellow. Mine? No, mine's not in here. I was going to show you all mine, but it's obviously somewhere else. Well, I've been tacking people with it, you know, so it's got to be it's got to be on there. Uh, no, we're going to give away a copy, of, uh, two copies of Fear. And actually, we're going to give it away one of the Fear audio tapes and one of the, well, I should say CDs and one of the books. And we're going to give away a three set of uh, 36, 37, and 38 of L. Ron Hubbard's Writers of the Future. It's the last three volumes winner, so we'll be giving those away as well. Uh, yeah, just in a little while, we're gonna be we're gonna give away in a little while. Uh, Christopher, that is my dog. No, really, it's a dog. If she'll move, you'll see her. She's she's kind of comfortable at the moment. Uh, she likes to do radio. She likes to come out and hang out. Her her predecessors, her two brothers, uh, used to be like that. They'd come hang out when I was doing radio. Oh, Max thought he could just lay out on the keyboard. He'd just stretch out. I'm here. And he, you know, he'd sit up and he'd look at the camera. He knew he's on camera. We all know he'd hear people talking to him. He'd interact with him. He's like, uh, he's like, what the, oh, the eye, the all-seed eye. Oh, yes, but uh, I'm going to set her down and we'll get back to talking about what we were talking about. So here, let me let the critter loose. Oh, so, somebody come to snatch the critter. Yes, I know somebody came to get the critter. Anyway, getting back to what we were talking about. So, you mean, really, the aliens are here because the humans originally, the, the reptilians usually originally were here, and then the humans came and nosed around and got their ass in the middle of it, and then the reptilians reintroduced themselves, and the greys were showing up. Actually, the greys were sent here because they were scared the reptilians humans were going to start a war. Well, you know, first off, the, the reptilians weren't real happy the humans were on what they considered their colony. And the humans weren't really happy that they came in and stole their women, raped them, and sent them back pregnant. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. So not too many people were really happy with all of that. They, uh, so, you know, oh, I said, I see Michelle had put in there, who are the light beams? Uh, that's Michelle DeRoche. It should be on next in uh, actually 50 minutes. Yes, the outer realm. <laughs> I've never heard of it before. First time, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, so the light beings are basically who rules the main, the galaxy. They're the head of the council. They came here. Nobody knows when. All they really know is they left a dying galaxy to come here. So they're pure energy. They're pretty much what you would consider to be a god today. They can create through thought. They can move through thought. They can fly through thought. They can. They, they can, well, manifest anything through thought. They're, they're at a point that they're just, they, they can manipulate energy and power and strength and matter through thought, which, of course, we're a long ways from doing any of that. Um, but when they got here, when they showed up in our galaxy, uh, however long ago it was, they found a galaxy full of chaos uh, that the reptilians and humans and all the other races, and there's a lot of races out there. Uh, we're all in little minor skirmishes here, big wars there. There was just a lot, a lot, a lot of fighting going on. And so the the light beings found the greys and converted the greys. I hate using the word converted. They 
let's just say they advance the greatest evolution into a point where the greatest had become very advanced, much more advanced than anybody else around them. Uh, and they use them basically as a galactic police force. Uh, they started going out and, and quelling the wars and, and, and squashing down things and, and started uniting the galaxy. So when you hear contactees talk today, you'll hear them talk about the council, the water planet where the council is, how big the council is, how many worlds are there, how they have cities the size of our planet, uh, which with a whole, each section of the city is representing a part of another world or another solar system or another, or another group. So when you look at them and see them, you know, they're there. And, and I don't know to what extent that they're allowed to interfere with each other. So what I mean by that is we know they can only interfere with our planet X amount. Uh, because, you know, we're way, we're retarded, backwards, whatever you want to call us. So they're not really allowed to, to interfere with us that much. They are allowed to an extent. But how much can they interfere with other worlds, more advanced worlds? Are there strict rules about how do you treat your people? I mean, is there humanitarian guidelines and things like that on how do you treat your people? How do you get involved? What does it take to be a member of this galactic community? Well, obviously, you can't be at war and be a member. I think that's an easy one right there. Being the way they all seem to interact with each other, when you hear contactees talk about them, there must be some, some at least, where the, there must be some rules about the way you interact with each other. You can't be harsh or hostile. Imagine you can't go around stealing other stuff's property or content or things like that. But, um, they do seem, though, to let them interact in some ways because the reptilians and humans don't like each other. Uh, and if it wouldn't have been for the greys coming here, they would have probably gotten a damn war. Well, I don't know if they, if I don't know if they protect. Well, I guess for the same reason you want to protect your chihuahua. That's why. So it's weird when it comes to contactees. The greys, the humans, and the reptilians are very protective of their contactees. Um, for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's like the movie Taken. Uh, they have special reasons why they have each one. And, and they. But I'll tell you this. Uh, when these individuals are taken sometimes to military abductions, sometimes the greys, reptilians, and humans will show up and remove them. There have even been rumors that occasionally a couple of times they killed everybody that was there except for the contactee. Uh, as a as a lesson, don't do this. You're not allowed to take our contactees. Now, I have not personally run across that. I have heard many accounts over the years, but how many are true and how many are exaggerated to something else, that's anybody's best guess. Uh, I really, when it comes to that, I really don't know. I, I can tell you that, you know, we do know in certain ways they behave. Uh, we do know they're protective of their contactees. Not all contactees, by the way, though. It's weird. I guess it's it's how useful you are to them or how protective they are of you. So if you're like a keeper or a communicator, one of the other things they have humans do it, then yes, they'll probably come remove you. Or if you have advanced knowledge of maybe a propulsion system or guidance system or weapon system, or the way they make husk bodies or stuff like that, they may come remove you then too, because that's not stuff they want our race knowing yet. Uh, there's just so much that they know that we don't and they don't want us knowing yet because we're going to abuse it. No, Carly, it's because we're going to abuse it. We abuse everything. 
Look, Putin's over there trying to launch a nuke right now. Just think if he had some advanced alien technology, he'd be blowing up America. Or vice versa. I mean, if, if, if Putin had some advanced alien technology, he might be blowing up Putin. God helped if Trump would have had it, no telling what would have happened. He might have blown up Canada. Well, he didn't like pink shorts too much, so he might have blown up Canada. He kept saying we needed to annex Canada. So, By the way, I'm for annexing Canada and Cuba. Well, they don't – actually, they really don't, Michelle. They, they, the light beans – light beans are more like – they evolve themselves into grays. Sometimes the humans are reptilians. Even them two, they really don't like to do it. Because it's it's hard for them to communicate. Well, people always tell me stuff like, "Oh, they do light beams inside." No freaking way. Them light beams have got so much energy. If they went inside of you, they would just melt you. You would you would you would be like sludge. You, there's no way. I don't even think they could keep it from happening. Um, it's just too much energy there. You know, some people say they break off a piece of themselves and put it inside of you, but for what? I mean, it would be like endlessly going backwards for them. This is a race that's probably a magnitude of several billion years older than we are. I don't even know if there's a reference for them in us uh, other than the other races talk about them. I don't, I don't know what reference there would be for us. What, what would we offer them for them to come contact with us? There's nothing. People, oh, it's like people tell me all the time, oh, it's a spiritual thing. Really? Really? Let me get this straight, humans. You think, you're as spiritually enlightened as a two billion year old race. Is that what you're telling me? Well, you're even telling me that you're enlightened enough for a four or five hundred million year race. What? That's so arrogant and egotistical. That the whole bunch of y'all are narcissists. Just the fact that you even thought that I think that. Okay, look, humans at best are two million year old race. At best, we're two million years old. As far as a sentient species, we're less than twenty five thousand years. We'll, we'll be nice and say a hundred thousand years. But really and truly, we're less than 25,000 years as a civilized race of any kind. And if you want to go by human teachings, we're less than 6,000 years as a civilized race. And you think that you're as intellectually as intelligent or spiritually as enlightened as a 500 million year old race, or in the light beings case, a two plus billion year old race. There's not even a, a, a groundwork there. There's nothing... There's not even something that you can bridge to talk to them with. It would be like if you went back today and went and talked to the caveman and tried to make him understand about your computer and your auto. It's, it's not going to happen. There's just no frame of reference. And that's how it is for us. And only the egotistical arrogance of a human would even think they could do that. And out of all the tr billions of races in the cosmos... Why do you think a light being would come here and think we were anything more special than anything? I mean, they created, well, I shouldn't say they created, they recreated the grays basically in their own image. So why would you think that they, see, again, it comes back to simple arrogance of our race. We want to think we're important. That's what it comes down to. As a race, we want to think we're important. And we will be one day, but right now we're not. Right now, we are a simplified, back-ass-words, country-grown race that doesn't know its ass from the hole in the ground. I mean, it's just, it's just unfortunately where we are. 
Uh, as far as I know, there's just the light beams. I mean, as far as, as this galaxy goes. As, you know, I can't I can't account for other galaxies, but as far as this galaxy goes, it seems to be only those that one particular race. There seems to be lots of other races uh, based on a lot of other stuff, but none of them seem to be like the light beings themselves. Uh, and they should light beings is just a bad word. They should call them energy beings or something. Because really and truly, um, you know, I remember a contactee was talking to a gray about a light being and the gray was making light the fact that the first time he met a light being he got a tan meaning that his gray skin was burnt almost white because of how much energy was coming off of this being now this is a billion year old race that this is happening to what do you think would happen to us I mean their skin and bones or not bones but cartilage is so much tougher than us what do you think would happen to us <laughs> we'd be dust well, again, it's arrogance on humans' part. Humans want to feel the need uh, that we're number one, Uno, number one, and we're the most important thing in the universe. And again, one day we might be. We're just not right now. Look, people, y'all can't even be the most important person on your own planet, much less in the freaking universe. Maybe when we start to clean up Earth, Terra, and we become a united planet, and, and we start to think as a one and we start to cure diseases and we downsize our militaries and tournament exploration, uh, then maybe, you know, some of the races out there might take us serious. But right now, nobody's going to even trust us. We're warring. I mean, come on. This country, the one I'm broadcasting from right now, until the end of this past war in Afghanistan had been in war for almost 100 years consistently. We had a little break after Vietnam and bam, right back at it again. So basically since 1900, to 2018, we've been fighting somebody. And we're not the only ones. Russia's been in it up to their eyeballs. Europe's been into the eyeballs. China has been. China's been sitting over there minding its own business, but it wants to get into it right now. South, I mean, North Korea's over there threatening everybody. And you want you think they're going to let us into the galactic community? And why would a light beam even? I mean, so what? So this light beam sitting on some planet. Uh, 50,000 light years away, 100,000 light years away. And all of a sudden, he gets an urge to go see Bob on, uh, yeah, Bob living in Scandinavia. So, I, mean, I don't think so, people. I just, well, so if you were a light being and you were going to come here and look for enlightened people, wouldn't you go to the future? I mean, why would you come here? Wouldn't you go to the future to look for enlightened people? I'm not saying there are not some people here that couldn't be possibly somewhat enlightened, but how far enlightened do you really think you can be in the year 2022? Did you ever stop to think that it may take more than just prayers or energy to become enlightened? It may take time. And since we're a very young race, it may take millions of years to become enlightened in the way that they are. So it's more than that. It's, it's about thought and, and idea. So, you know, we walk around shut off from the rest of the world. We don't want anybody in our heads. Uh, we lock everybody out of our heads. We don't want anybody in there, which will change eventually when we become a telepathic race. Uh, that'll that'll help move us along and help us to move along. But we're, we can't even be open with ourselves. We can't even be open with friends half the time. We've got to put on some kind of airs or some kind of bullshit. So it's, it's the human race, if it even wants to be taken serious, 
it needs to start moving towards a one world government, a one world everything. It doesn't have to have, who, who wrote it? It doesn't have to have one, one world religion. It just has to have religious tolerance. What do you mean aliens don't believe in God? Well, okay. I can't say all aliens believe in God. I can tell you that from the information we've gotten over the last 40 years, the reptilians and humans definitely believe. The reptilians have a singular religion. I can't tell if the humans do, but the reptilians definitely do. And they they have a singular, but both races only have, they have a single government. They don't have multiple governments like we do. None of the races. I don't even think you can be a member of the council and have a divided planet. I think it's like a must that you have to be a one world government to even be in the council or to even sit, in, not, not on the council itself, just to be part of the council. So, I mean, and we're just nowhere near that. We're 200 divided countries. And yeah, you can say Europe and the United States and the Americas kind of agree. So maybe half the countries could form one nation, but the other half couldn't. And what are you going to do with people like Russia and China and North Korea and Vietnam? I mean, Venezuela and Cuba. What are you going to do with it? Iran? They're never going to fit in. They don't want to fit in. What are we going to do? Wipe them out? That's not the answer. Their citizens want to fit in. They're just a government stone. Oh, the Chinese fit, citizens would fit into the West like a glove. So would the Iranians. I mean, they're already trying to, but we just won't let them. So would the Russians. Right now, this is all about government. It's not about people. But as long as you have these divisive governments that are trying to kill each other, why do the aliens even take it serious? Why would you even expect them to take it serious? Why would any enlightened soul even want to come here? Obviously, our planet's not enlightened. And for you people who think you're enlightened, then why aren't you enlightening everybody else? Why aren't you out there putting your ass on the line to try to enlighten other people? Because you're enlightened by yourself. Ain't going to do shit. You're going to die. It's going to be gone. Yeah, I love when people tell me, why well, have an enlightened soul bullshit? If you had an enlightened soul, you'd be out there enlightening other people. If you have an enlightened soul and keep it to yourself is cowardness. That's what that is. Cowardness. Yes, I'm sorry, but that's what that is. I share everything I, I can. You know, I really do. Every piece of information I know or understand, or whether it's politics, God, ET, paranormal, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm willing to share everything that I am because in some areas I may be somewhat more advanced because I've been doing it for a long time. But still, there's lots of people out there with lots of knowledge. I learn from people every day. Matter of fact, I learned something interesting just today that I can't share with y'all because if I did, I'd have to shoot all y'all. But still, uh, it was interesting. I got a document today that proved something to me that I've been trying to prove for shit three decades. And I finally got the piece of proof today. I was I was just stunned when I saw it. Yeah, it came in and it came in just a plain old vanilla envelope. No fanfare, no special wrapping, no nothing. Oh no, they can't mark a top secret. That's how I can say everybody in mind would try to open it. <laughs> no, it's just it's a is a um a slip letter inside with a seal on it that says classified, but it's finally though something I've been trying to prove for a long time. I, I just I needed to prove it to myself so I could move on to something else. There's a lot of stuff they keep from us. There's a lot of stuff they don't know though, too. So even though the government does keep a lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff that contactees know that the government doesn't know. 
stuff that the government really wants to know. And they don't know how to filter through it all. See, we can filter through it all because we've been doing it for 40 years, but there's a lot of information comes out of a contactee's head. But the problem is it's not always real information. Sometimes the brain takes over and the brain sees something one way when it's actually some other way. Because unfortunately for us, we can't always, um, well, we can't always see things. If we've never experienced something before, we've never seen something before, we've never been involved with something before, a lot of times our brain just says, okay, well, let's make this. Well, it's like watching, seeing faces in the, in the stars or seeing faces in the clouds or in the fire. Sometimes our brain just has to say, okay, I, I don't know any of this, so this is what I think it is. So you got to be careful with contacts. And then, right off the bat, when you hear a contactee talking about how they're the most important thing in the contact, you know it's bullshit. You know it's bullshit. Well, ET loves your contactees, and they got lots of stuff for them to do, and they want them to be involved. But still, they don't want you going around telling all their secrets. And yeah, it's just when. Yeah, it, it, usually if someone has too much information, it's usually true. It's not real. And there are a few out there that have advanced information. But... You mean, what do I know? If I told you, I'd have to kill you. I would. They would. Yeah, they'd just come kill all y'all. All 3.3 million listeners would be like, I know when they'd be a bitch. Read, I'd get up and point and read, 3,300,000 people died around the world last night around the same time. Very strange. I love y'all. I don't want nothing to happen to y'all. Uh, no, really, there are some things that over the years I've learned that I just can't talk about. And it's not so much because it's going to go this or go viral. They just tend to like to threaten my family over certain things like uh, agendas and stuff like that. They just, anytime I get into the agenda mode, oh no, somebody's getting threatened. Uh, when the blood type stuff first started coming out because it was so out there i mean it just grabbed you like just psh, it was information that nobody had ever done before uh we got threatened a few times over that we've been threatened linda's gotten us threatened a couple times for hanging out on military bases uh she got all of our equipment seized one time not the first time it's happened by the way but worst worst equipment loss we ever took was at tampa on that island because it was what 12 of us or 14 of us we went out, we had we had gotten a tip of this big black triangle that had been being seen hovering over this island on several occasions. So we went out there, rented a helicopter, got a ride out there, got dropped off, got all our equipment out there and started filming. And sure enough, this big black bitch came out of nowhere. And right as it got over the island, out of nowhere, these Jeeps, I don't even know where these Jeeps came from. Boom, they were out on the ground. They were seizing our equipment, hitting us in the face and shit. It was, it was pretty nasty. And then... Um, they put us in the Jeeps, and I still remember this was so weird. We are rolling along, and it was all shady and gray. And the next thing I remember, we woke up inside of a building somewhere, underground, obviously. Uh, it was very strange. And then when they released us, which was four days later, we came walking out of a government building in Tampa, Florida. Now, remember, we were on an island outside of Florida on the Gulf Coast. And when we were when we when we were released, we we were released from a building. I don't know when they took us there. Obviously, either it was underground and we drove there, or they knocked us out and they brought us there. I I, I I'd be lying if I told you which one it was because I don't know. 
they only returned two pieces of or three pieces of equipment. Everything was destroyed, and the three pieces they they were destroyed. It was the camera was just had been just it was like pieces. The computer, all the hard drive and keyboards had been smashed. I was just garbage. Um, you mean what do you think? Wise? <sighs> all four tunes between the cell phones, probably somewhere around two hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. Yeah, it's just bullshit. Just in cameras, it was like twenty five thousand uh, dollars, and and phones. I think it, it was phones. Uh, everybody's phone was probably around a grand. So that's another fourteen thousand right there. And then we had a couple of really high dollar laptops with us, two three thousand dollar laptops, and it just this is a bitch, man. Did I have a gun on me? I sure did. You know what? I got it back. They never took it. Actually, I mean, they took it, but they gave it back to me when we were released. It wasn't even a question. Don't ask. I have no idea why they did that. I was carrying a 45, 980 45. Yeah, typical military issue 45. Or you can call it the 1100 version. Depends where you get it from, but yeah. Nine shots. Gave it back. No problem. I was leaving. He said, you have to sign for your pistol. I signed for I was the only one. A couple of us were carrying guns. But they didn't give us anything else back. I mean, they gave us our DNA back and our money. They gave us our money back, but none of our equipment. Anything that could have recorded anything, audio, video, they kept it all. And then Linda and I are in uh, Navarre Beach, Florida. And she gets the idea we could go walk down this, this stairway in this space. First off, this is a building in the middle of nowhere on a beach on Eglin Air Force Base. Now, you could cheat. And walk out in the water about a quarter mile. And walk around a fence. And walk back up to the beach. And go walking down the beach. That's what we did. So we get to this building. And it's all lit up. Kind of looks like a bathroom actually. We walk inside the building. There's a stairway going down inside the building. Just going straight down. Way, way, way down. You can see down probably 40, 50, 60 feet at least. Maybe more than that. Looks like at least 100 feet. And crazy ass will go walking down it. Oh, yeah. She, well, she's crazy. She always was. Mm -mm. She's braver than I was, that's for sure. And, uh, I mean, I've been in some hairy, scary places, but she just, we're going. <laughs> that ain't nothing. We were on, uh, we were in Pensacola, Florida. On the other side of Eglin Air Force Base, actually in Destin on the other side of the base. And she, I, so I walked up, started talking to, to two little security guards. You know, she walked around the security guards and went walking down the backside of the base. They didn't even see her. Oh, I know. Lucky we didn't go in prison for that. No, they brought her about, I guess it was about 40 minutes later, a Jeep brought her back and, and just said, ma'am, you know, you can't be on this side of the beach. They thought she came up from one of the beach sides off one of the boats. And so they brought her back to the guardhouse. I said, well, I'll give her a ride back to wherever she's got to go. And he's like, okay. It was, it was just, yeah. Well, there was a lot of shit went on in that base, people. There was a lot of stuff. We got, we've got on the ICAR, not ICAR, on the Alien Enigma website. I think it's alienenigma.org. We've got a picture, a videotape of a saucer landing on Eglin Air Force Base. On one of the new, they had, it was 42 runways out there. On 860 square miles of base. The place is huge. It's the largest non-nuclear testing facility we have. So we test everything out there that's not nuclear. Uh, yeah, they test all kinds of shit out there. So um, 
we're out there and we, we get a good video of it. Uh, really good video. That's the place Linda got her arm burned. It looked like diamonds all of both arms from here to here. It was really strange from right here to right here. Both her arms got burned. It looked like somebody took a, a metal grate and heated it up and just wrapped it around her arm and squeezed it. It was crazy looking. And uh, then there's a night we were out there with our son. He kept saying, my bug-eyed friends are here. My bug-eyed friends are here. Yeah, which was just creepy. And then this weird cloud came over and started raining on us. Yeah, the cloud was like 200 feet off the ground. It was strange. And as it passed, you see... So, they got these hotels out there. They build in the front on an angle to make them look like ships. And they got the deck windows going up and down. So, we come walking around this hill. And there's one sitting there. I'm like, well, when did they put this hotel on the beach? And Linda's looking at me. She said, I don't think it's a hotel. And she starts pushing me. And the kid's going on, bug-eyed friend, bug-eyed friend, bug-eyed friend. And then I stopped and walked back a little bit. And then I realized there was a ship sitting on the beach. And the doors were down, and they were just people going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. There was aliens there. There were people there. It was just in and out, in and out, in and out. Now, we got some good videotape, but that didn't really matter, though. They confiscated it later on. But still, um, we have seen some hairy, scary stuff down there. That's where we lost 11 days at Opal Beach. Well-documented case. We didn't We even ones that originally documented. Somebody else did because we were just going. The hotel, they, they were calling the police, and they didn't know what happened to us. Just disappeared. When I came in, I paid them for 12 days. Uh, we, we had been going up and down the coast. What we were doing is we were going to stay in a hotel, go to another, go stay at a hotel. We were just going down the panhandle, just hanging out, having a good time. We weren't down UFO hunting, even though we kept running into UFO stuff the whole time we were there. And we got to this place in Opal Beach. It's built on the beach, beautiful place. Uh, nice hotel. Went, walked right out the door, right into the sand. We did some crabbing. We hung around at night. A lot of stuff went on, and then uh, we were gone for eleven days. It was it was strange, and then when we got put back, the reason it stuck in our head, the reason we questioned it was, so when they put us back, I was like here, my son was about seventy five yards further away, and my wife was about another seventy five yards away from him. There ain't a shot in hell that our three year old would have ever got that far away from us ever. He never had, he never would, he never since or before. So I was kind of like, what the hell's going on here? And then, um, so we went back to the room and I went to do something and I noticed that my credit card, my wallet, my money were all sitting in the same place and nothing had been spent. I was like, what? So, you know, and I, I was thinking it was the next day to be honest with you. So, um, I walked down to the, the, uh, office to get, to get something. I was going to pay him. He said, I said, well, you know, I told him, I said, well, we'll stay, we'll just go ahead and stay 14 days here, and then we'll go down to Wichamacall to sell, give him an extra two days. And uh, so I walked in, I was going to get um, breakfast, because they had breakfast in the morning. So I walked in, the lady's just freaking out. I'm like, what's up? She said, well, where you been? I said, what do you mean, where we been? She said, no one's been in your room for 11 days, your car hasn't moved, nothing's moved, we got a videotape, no, she said, you went into your room? You went in the back, you hung out in the back with your kids, and I was a little weird, kind of bright light, and then no one's seen you since. She said, we, we called the police. I'm like, what do you mean you called the police? She said, you were missing for 11 days. I was like, what? I, I, I was, I didn't know what to say. Because as far as I was concerned, it was the next morning. I mean, it was nothing to us to suggest that we had been gone for 11 days. Now, when we sat back and thought about it, it was a lot of weird shit went on that night. 
with the dolphin swimming between Lynn's legs, the guys running away from the green light on the dock in the water. But none of that suggested any type of and then being where we were, I mean we were literally only a quarter mile from Eglin. Uh, which we had been in and out of a lot of times over the years. So I, I wasn't even sure what to think. I just, you know, and the lady kept, no, no, no. So I went back to the hotel room. I called him because back then you couldn't get online, check your credit cards. I uh, called the credit card company. I only had four cards at the time. I called off for me and said, nothing's been sent in the last 11 days, nothing. So I sat down and counted my cash because we had bought a lot of cash with us and none of it had been spent, nothing. So I went and checked my car. The car hadn't moved. It was still sitting in the same spot. Still the same amount of gas. And it was still in three quarters of a tank of gas. Um, the reset thing for, you know, the trip thing for the trip timer was still sitting on 111. I was like, what the hell? I couldn't figure out what happened. Do you know, we went home and wrote this down when we got home. And then... We didn't talk about it or do anything about it for two years. And then we sent it to Walt Anders, who was a friend of ours. And because uh, we were working for him at the time. And then we didn't hear back from him. About a year passes, the envelope shows up at the house with the letter in it cut into a million pieces. Someone cut this thing into a million pieces and then sat there and taped it back with scotch tape. The whole letter. It was a pretty long letter. It was at least five pages. And the envelope. So it was all cut up and then put back together. And not only did they put the pieces back together, but they put tape over the whole thing so the pages would stay intact. Uh, called Walt. Walt was like, yeah, he said, Joe, it's real interesting, but it kind of leans towards Millab stuff. And you know we don't mess with Millab stuff because move on back in the day. Still is, even today, scared of Millab stuff. You know, it took a long time for us to start recovering memories, and we'd remember a little bit here, a little bit there. And we did a couple of hypnosis sessions, but for some reason, deep down, we didn't want to know. And to be honest with you, I was what? I was young at the time. I was 26, I think, 26 or 27. Yeah, I was a baby. Let me Linda around 37, somewhere around there. Um, I don't know. It was freaky weird. I still don't know what happened to this day. Uh, we've done a few hypnosis sessions again since then. There's just a lot of information in there. Uh, for 11 days, now we've been able to recover about 18 hours, maybe we'll say 24 hours for the sake of argument of memories. But that's it. So out of those 11 days, I can only recover two days of memories. And I don't even know if they're on the same days because there's no way of knowing. It didn't seem to bother my son any. He didn't. When I asked about him, he just said he was hanging out with his bug-eyed friends. His words, not mine. It was just weird. No, Jessica, he didn't seem to have any fear of the aliens. Not any time they would be around, he'd just say, my bug-eyed friends here, suggesting it was a grace. Well, there's no reason, there's nothing in the past, or even today, that suggests to us that the um, 
the aliens are cruel to children. And it's not even that they're cruel to us in our in, talking dirty again. I'm gonna talk dirty, all right. It's uh it's not even that they're cruel to us. It's just it's the way they think things should be done. Well, I don't know about removing your eyes and showing them to yourself or removing arm parts and stuff like that. It's just they think they have a reason why they're doing what they're doing. That's what they think. They they have an agenda and they're working their agenda. That's what they're doing. It's it's their agenda and they're working it. Hey, Carolyn, like in Carolyn from the movie, Carolyn, poltergeist. Carolyn! I'm sorry. Got to look carried away now. Halloween's over. I know you don't have to get crazy, people. Um, you mean high, like government officials? Yeah, they, they, no one's, no one is exempt from being abducted. It's just if they were in their family lines. You mean like Joe Biden? If if for some reason they were abducted, Joe Biden's family line, if that's where he came from, that his mom or his grandma, so on and so forth, all the way back. Then yes, he would be taken just like his kids would be taken. But I think they would throw Hunter Biden back. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying. I just think they'd throw Hunter Biden back. Any world leader can be an abductee. Doesn't mean they'll know it. Just because you're being taken, ninety-eight percent of everybody who gets taken doesn't ever remember. So, yeah, it could be Trudeau. Yeah, Trudeau could be probed. Could be Biden, could have been Trump. Could be any world leader for them. It could be Putin. Could be Xi Jinping. It could be uh Boris Johnson or whatever his name was. Boris Johnson, sorry. It, it could Oh, you mean I don't know about all that. We're not gonna go there, but it's um but it could be any any world leader could be an abductee or a contactee. So you mean you think the aliens would want them to know? Maybe. Maybe not. Aliens might not want the government to know. I mean, let's be honest. Think about if Hitler would have known he was dealing with aliens. I mean, as it is, if you read the book Mon Kampf, Mon Kampf, Mon Kampf, sorry, I can't get that out. You'll, you'll hear where he's talking about blue-eyed, blonde-haired, airy, floating, angelic-like beings. His words, not mine. Sound just like the human type aliens. Yeah, and and if they knew that, then they could have been. Remember, aliens could do this on purpose. They could make themselves look like that or make you think like that. If that would help you to get help them to get whatever you're after. Well, when you listen about the human type aliens and you listen about a lot of what Hitler done, those two agendas are close together. Even today, the human-type aliens seem to have an interest in uh, twins, triplets, quadruplets, stuff like that. Well, they're probably, probably learning about their how they're connected. That's probably what it's about, how they're connected, who they're connected to, how they communicate with each other. I mean, we know, and it doesn't count for everybody, but we know a lot of twins have a, some kind of psychic connection because when something happens, the other one knows. But so do a lot of parents. I mean... Oh, man, my mom, she, she always knew what I was doing. I have no idea how she knew. Psychic, psycho, whatever you want to call it, she knew. Oh, no, she knew. And when I walk in the house, I'm like, hey, mom, what you? she said, uh, how was that? Uh, I'm like, mom, she said, 
She said, don't lie. You know, I know. I'm like, how the hell do you know? There was some things that was just no way for her to know. Like, I went over to my girlfriend's house one day. We did it, you know. And uh, and then we went, uh, and then we went and took a ride out to the lake. Nobody was there. Nobody to see us. She knew. She knew everything. I was like, how the she didn't know. And she's like, I just do. My grandma was the same way. My grandma phone rings. She'd know who was on. Somebody knocked at the door. She knew. Didn't even know. They'd come to sell books. Oh, it's such and such selling books. She even knew the person's name. Yeah, I don't know. They were, they were a very gifted bunch. And for me, growing up in that family, I just thought it was normal. I thought everybody's family was like that. It was just part of growing up. You know, everybody's family was a little gifted. Apparently, I found out later that wasn't true, but still. She, they were, it was a bitch growing up with that bunch, man. It was always like, and my grandma's a very gifted tarot card reader. My, her three daughters, though, did not want to mess with any of this stuff. It, it, it scared them. Well, my mom passed away uh, about two years, two and a half years ago now. And uh, yes, I miss her very much, but she passed about two and a half years ago. But she had an interest in the aliens and UFOs. She used to talk to me about it all the time. And I, and I think my aunts kind of know. My uncle has not a clue. But I think my aunts kind of sort of know. So on that side of the family, my grandmother was definitely the contactee. Yes. On my dad's side, I don't know if he was somebody else. I don't, you know. No, I don't know. My dad didn't really wear his emotions on his arms. He wasn't. He wasn't emotionless and he wasn't mean, but he, he just, he was a product of his time. He's part of the last lost generation. He was born in 1911. So, you know, he believed that a man was only allowed to show X amount of emotion. No crying allowed, none of that stuff. And in some things I agree with him. Some things I think men should keep certain things to themselves, but you mean cry enough. A man was a cry, he should be allowed to cry. Well... You got to remember, though, young men or older men, there is consequences to this. Um, when you show weakness, people who used you for strength or around you for strength or needed you for strength may no longer feel that you're that individual anymore. Just to help y'all with this, <clears throat> when I got the stint, okay, my whole family's like, well, Joe's immortal. No one's ever going to touch him. He's just a mean ass, and that's just how he is. And that's just how the family felt about me. And when I went in the hospital and I found that I had to have a stent put in my right artery, which was 98% clogged, it made them have to look at me differently. Yes, it was hard on them. It was hard on them than me. Because yeah, I could still be immortalized. What did I care? I mean, you can still run like a mad person. But in their case, it was different. They had to look at me differently. Yeah, it was tough on them. Yeah, I knew it was tough on them, too. For me, not as much. Well, you know, I've always been one who believes when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. Yeah, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. What's silver? You, no, it's not. Are you a crack? Oh, Lord. No, indeed, that's brown, baby. I don't know what the hell you talking about. There's no silver in that shit. Not yet. Anyway, don't be cussing me, man. Come on, man. Don't be cussing me. <laughs> No, it's something to do with the light coming across it. Anyway, I know we're getting time. So, first off, I need to know who wrote the book, Fear. Okay, you can send that to my email, like icar at cox.net. But that's not the whole ha-ha-ha-ha. So, 
Now, if anybody listens to the show on a regular basis, you know where I will be this coming April. So what I want to know is I want to know who wrote the book and where will I be working this April. If you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know if not. I know. So that's going to be for a person who writes in 20 and 25 on the email. So you have to be 20th and 25th on the email. And, of course, you have to get the answer right. Yes, that is right. Whoever sent me that, I'm not going to say that out loud because everybody will get it. That is right. That is where I will be in April. And that is who wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, whoever gets that, 20 and 25, I will give you a CD. Be sure to include your your contact information. And I will give you this CD. This, oh, actually, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, getting a little carried away. And and somebody will get the CD, and somebody, of course, will get the book. Sorry about all that reflection. No, you don't get my picture back. That's not my ass for that. And then, let me find it. Don't worry. And now I'm giving away two sets of these. So this is volume 38. That was to this year when I went there. This was volume, uh, I believe it was 37. I have to look and see. Yep, there it is, 37. Naked Girl. Obviously, they have a naked girl around. And this is volume 36. Each one of these has 12 stories. Yes, they do. So that's a total of 36 interesting stories. By the way, these are all winner stories. So every story in there, somebody won to get there. And some, you know, won bigger mentions, but those are in there. So we're giving away two sets of those. So for the first set, and this is going to be for caller number five or writer number five, if you can tell me what the original name of this network was, I will give you those three. And for the other three, if you can tell me what the first radio show I was ever hosting on, I will send you a set as well for, for caller 10. So it's 5, 10, 20, and 25. So I'll go ahead and write in. We still got a few minutes to go here. And we got a few questions to go through right quick. Hmm. What do you mean talking dirty? Oh, that's somebody texting me. Yeah, on my phone. They're bad. They're always talking dirty to me. Yeah, like, hey, big baby, how you doing there? Yeah, the alien going to probe you. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly. Yeah, it's just a friend of mine. Uh, well, no, I can't mention her name now since they were talking dirty. Lord have mercy, people. Oh, if you have to know, it was Jill Biden. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually don't have anything against Jill now. Joe, I got issues with Jill. Jill and Jack and Jill, so it's Joe and Jill. Went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jill came back, but Joe fell in the well. <laughs> That's just bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. And yes, whoever wrote that, it was UFO Paranormal Radio Network. That was the original incarnation of the network. Yes, and you are number five. And who the hell are you? Mark Johnson from Toronto, Canada. Well, hello, Mark. 
You're the first winner from Canada. We've been we've been a lot of people out of country. Toronto, Canada. Hold on, let me write this down because I will forget. I oh, should be writing on here. On the winners list. Yes. Toronto, huh? How is it up there in Canadian world? Is it cool up there? It's hot, cold, in between? No, we have a few hosts live in Canada. Yeah, I think we got seven all together. Mm-hmm. Well, congrats on, on winning the first set of the books. Uh, yeah, no, I was just looking at who just won the CD. Dean Lesher. From Miami, Florida. The Santos country, baby. Dean, less, 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 er, yeah. Miami, Florida. I will get that CTE out to you in the next couple of days. So, Mark Johnson, Dean, we still have two more to go. We have one book of fear waiting. We're waiting on number 25 for that. And we have one set left of the uh, L. Ron Hubbard books, and that will be uh, uh, number 10. Whoever gets number 10. Well, it's number 10 who gets it right. Yes. I know. What do you mean it's hard questions? You have a paranormal radio. You should have known that. Yes, you should have known that. If you didn't, shame on you. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Our number 25 is in. For our book, Fear. Da, 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 da. And who are you? Nakita. Let me write that down because I won't forget that for sure. Nakita. I can't even say your last name, honey. It looks like. You're rocking me. I can't say it. I'm sure you. I'm sorry. I'm butchered. And where are you from? Eureka, California. Is is Eureka, California like the movie? Does it got cool stuff up there like the movie Eureka, the TV series Eureka? You know what I'm talking about. Eureka, Cali. Man, I don't have ever had anybody win from Eureka before. Hell, I hardly ever hear about y'all even existing out there. Oh, no, we still have one set of Writers of the Futures to give away for 10. And that is to the person who just told me I used to hook Wake Up USA UFO study. Well, thank you very much for that. Now I need your name and where you are writing from. Yeah. Well, we've had winners from London. Well, uh, somebody who won the lightsaber that night won from Mexico City. And then uh, we've had some good winners lately from all over the place. Tonight, it's, it's mostly U.S., which is kind of nice. Well, I don't know, you know. Okay. What the hell? Oh, I thought you said Joe Biden. I got confused. <laughs> so, it's so many levels. The aliens love us all. They're here to save us and to, you know, tenderize us a little bit. Really, truly, they have their agendas and we're part of their agenda. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show. Humans have this thing about putting themselves first and, and making themselves this, this 
great, wonderful thing that everything flows around and everything goes through them. That's bullshit. You're part of an agenda. No, you're part of an agenda. What can I tell you? I, I have nothing to do with that. You're just part of Virginia, a, 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 an agenda. An agenda from West Virginia. West Virginia, I hear uh, y'all got some issues up there lately. I hope everything's going good for you. Stella, man, I ain't heard the name Stella, and I couldn't even tell you. Stella Smith, I love that, huh? What you like? <laughs> I'm just not even going to go there. Anyway, that's our winners for tonight. So we got those in here. We're getting ready to wrap up in a few minutes. Any quick questions before we get out of here? Let me see. I got to go back. I've seen a few that I hadn't answered yet. Well, I said that earlier. The aliens came here because the reptilians were here. Then the humans were here. Then there was an interbreeding between the three of them. And then the greys were sent here to make sure there was no uh, other type of conflicts. Well, they didn't want a war starting over us. Now, the aliens are here running agendas, thinking different things. Running different agendas for different reasons. And, Kirby, you're talking about the tall whites at Charles Halsey. They're supposed to be out at Area 53. They're not affiliated with the other races. They don't do any type of alien abduction. They're here. They use Earth as a stopping point. It's They're, they're jumping from different points to different points in a galaxy. And Earth is a stopping point. Actually, a few aliens probably use this for that, but the grays don't allow for what you're saying. That's why when somebody says, oh, there's 54 different types, you can say, bullshit. Because the grays don't allow for it. Neither do the light beams. The council's not going to allow for 50. Because somebody's going to screw up and give us something they're not supposed to. We're going to learn something. We're not supposed to. We're not ready for 54 types, gate travel and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe if you're going to do like Stargate, like on a TV show Stargate, where it's limited to only military personnel and nothing else, government personnel. No, we're not ready for it yet. I'd love to go Stargate hopping. But you think we're ready for it yet? Are you ready to meet? Are you really ready for you listeners out there? Do you really feel like you're ready to meet an alien race? First of all, how are you going to communicate with them? Yeah, fortunately for Stargate, everybody spoke English, but you and I both know that's not how the real universe works. So how are you going to speak with them? Universal translator? I don't know that we have one of them yet. Don't you need to learn their customs so you don't get yourself killed doing something stupid? Well, look at them guys that went to an island off the, what is the coast of uh, India. They all got killed because they weren't supposed to go to the island. They're headhunters. Can't really get mad because you went to their country and got killed. We can't get mad anyway because you're dead, but still, you know what I mean. Number one, researchers. I got lots of researchers. Uh, I got friends of mine right now. One of them's name's Martha, like my gun. She's looking into Elrond Hubbard for me and Bitcoin. And Huzzy's always looking at that Bitcoin. Yeah, I got to get on her at that damn Bitcoin. Well, we've been doing things on a news show, asking people who's into it, who's not into it, stuff like that, and and what do you think it is? No, this you're talking about this. You keep I, you keep asking me about this right here. This is a signed edition of Battlefield Earth. It's uh, very limited. I think that's an eighty-seven out of a hundred. Um, yes, you, you can't. Now those I don't know if you can get anymore. No. 
They got one that I seen they have when I was at uh, Dragon Con that I want. I couldn't talk them into giving it to me, but I was trying to talk them into giving it to me. Yeah. We mean a volume of somewhere around four thousand dollars. Why? What are you after? You mean these? Oh no, you want no? I'm not giving my skull away. Get the hell out of here. People, did, a friend of mine that's online right now, who's bugging the hell out of me, wants this thing. I'd have to have a contest to give Bob away. This is Bob the Gray. This is what happens when you with Martha. Yes, he was in Bomb, but still didn't help. This is Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, people. People of Earth. I will probe you. Be careful. So... Uh, no, it's not what I can wait about. And no, this isn't a replica of the Star Child skull. No, it's not. I've actually held that one in my hand. That's a whole different thing. I met Lloyd Pye at a Thai restaurant in Metairie, Louisiana, which is a suburb in New Orleans. And we had lunch, and he brought the fake skull with him. And uh, I met him somewhere else in Pensacola where he lived, and uh, he brought the real skull with him. He's gone. They passed away. He died of cancer. I miss him. A lot of the good research. Jim Mars. I miss Jim, man. Jesus. Oh, I miss Jim. Jim Mars was a premier researcher in the field. He's one of the few people, him and Dennis Baldfazer and Ted Phillips are about three of the only people I could talk to with respect going, okay, you know what you're talking about. Most everybody else just wrote a book based on some bullshit and got popular because of some bullshit. Well, you got to remember, all these places are always looking for people to talk. You mean me? I could speak a lot more than I do. Uh, one, I have two careers, so it doesn't always afford me the free time to speak. Even though I'm being paid, it's just a lot of times what I make in my day job is far more than what they're going to pay me to lecture. So, yeah. And then, you know, there's a couple of years there. Uh, about 14 years there, we were working storm damage from Katrina, Ida, and I forgot the other storm. And uh, so we're just now getting caught up on all that stuff. Takes a while. Yeah. So now I have some free time. Uh, I, ha I was working on a book when I was in Los Angeles the last two years. Yeah. Oh, well, no. Oh, you mean you want to know? The question was I'll be in, in I go to uh, Los Angeles in April. That's for writers of the future. That's what he. That was the answer he was. Matter of fact, the way he wrote it made me think he knew someone over at writers of the future. Yeah, no, they they're eligible to win. They're eligible to win. Uh, writers of the future is a good group. Galaxy Press is a good group. John Goodwin and his wife Emily and Joni, the whole bunch of them are good people. Sarah, every, everybody over there is a good is a good group of people. I haven't met anybody over there I didn't like. No, they're all good people. What do you mean? Because, oh, well, that's true. They are Scientologists. I'm not going to say they're not. No. That's bullshit. You know that's bullshit. Um, you mean personally? Okay. Real quick because we're out of here. I have met about three dozen Scientologists in the last three or four years, which is weird because they're not all connected together. Um, they all have been extremely polite, extremely nice, very caring, very kind, very understanding, and more than willing to help work with us to make forward progress. So I have nothing bad to say about them, but I have never, I'm not a Scientologist. I'm not part of the church. We do have an ongoing, we do have an ongoing investigation. We do. 
it's a big one too. Matter of fact, I got to call some people uh, this this actually tomorrow, and uh, but we do have an ongoing investigation with them on both Scientology and its protractors. Both, yeah. Well, if I'm gonna investigate, I'm gonna investigate everybody. I'm not gonna play around. You know how I do business, yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, uh, John is just a, a confident professional. Uh, he's very intelligent. He's very likable. He's a good guy. He goes out of his way to help people out. I, I really enjoy his company. His wife, Emily, is just absolutely fabulous. And, and they're all just hard workers. Oh, you mean aliens? Oh, you mean the Mormons? <laughs> the Mormons are lost. That's what the problem is. <laughs> They're on the wrong planet, my friend. They'll find their planet eventually. No, I'm serious. They're on the wrong planet. Yeah, well, they got dumped off. Shit happens sometimes. I don't know. You're asking me about that? I don't know. There are a handful of religions that I do believe that aliens are involved. Yeah. Well, to put it in their view, just because aliens brought them here done whatever with them doesn't mean God doesn't exist. It just means this part was alien-related. Which is something everybody should think about. Yeah, it is. It is, and I enjoy it. But uh, we're gonna get in. We didn't get into near enough what I wanted to get into tonight. We got sidetracked from about five dozen things. I got to get out of here because uh, Michelle DeRoche is up in about four minutes. I don't want to get her on my ass because she is a station manager. Guys and girls, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to United Public Radio UFO Paranormal with Joe Montella. Hope everyone has a great day, great evening, great morning, great afternoon, and a great weekend to come. Uh, please stay tuned for Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano on the outer, 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 outer realm.